Welcome to the podcast episode number two, sponsored by Anchor and presented by Pods Golf. Thanks for joining in with us this week as we're going to be talking about a little recap of the Honda Classic from last week and giving some insights on the WGC Dell Technologies match play event going on in Austin, Texas this week. We'll also be talking about some swing stuff, ways to improve your game, and other good golf stuff. Hope you enjoy. Alrighty, folks. This is the second podcast presented by Pods Golf. These are your hosts. We got Barbie right here, and we got little Dion, KD. Uh, well, uh, last week, well, we're, we're kind of in the same, like I said, we're in the same position we were last week because we're doing the pod right during the very beginning of the event. I didn't know that the WGC started on Wednesday, but that's all right. Doesn't change anything for us. But uh, last week, Honda Classic, when we were when we were filming, Matt Jones was tearing that place up. Shot 61 on Thursday, and then he ended up taking it home. Uh, I wa- I didn't watch much of the turn. Did you watch much of it, like live? No, no, I did not. Uh, no, I watched. Did the you whole- notice how fast he was playing? Did you? Yeah, see they that? said he's a real fast player. That I, I when I watched, I watched the whole tournament. I got shot for shot on uh, Friday. Um, it was funny because Phil made the cut. He had to par number 18 to make the cut and ended up birdieing it. But you would have thought he was in contention to win the Masters. Everybody was following him, and the whole broadcast was just on him. And I was like, this dude, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, he hadn't been playing very good golf, and he's about to make the cut. But you would have thought he was about to win the tournament, and they were cheering yeah, for him. He's a stuff. legend. He, I mean, I mean it was fun. And he was that, on. And like I said, the field was so bad that, you know, yeah. guys like him were and the only ones that were. There's, there's always going to be someone that they have on TV like that. They need that. I mean, Phil's one of those No, it was guys. great. Rory, I mean, it, it made it fun know. to watch. Yeah, but those are the guys that they're you're going to see every shot every week. Yeah. But going back to but, Matt Jones, yeah. he uh, so we talked a little bit about the winning scores from the past years, and he shot 12 under, which is pretty impressive on a course like that. Of course, shooting 61 on Thursday helps that a little bit. But a um, little bit of a lull Friday, shot even par. But he brought it back. Like he played bad on the front, yeah, and he then he, off he, he he started. You know, he started bringing it back. So that was good to see. He didn't just completely choke it off, and then. Shot 69 on Saturday and then shot 268 on Sunday to win by five shots. Um, any, I think any double-digit um, scoring totals or 12-under in that tournament is, is doing pretty good. It's golfing your ball, especially yeah. the wind. I mean, the conditions weren't the best this this year no. either. The winds are always going to be high, but they uh, it was pretty tough, especially tougher. on uh, Friday. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's a hard course in general. It doesn't make it any easier when the winds are blowing. But uh, here's a little stat that I didn't know. Uh, Five-shot victory tied the largest margin of victory in tournament history. The only others to do really? it is Jack Nicklaus in 77 and Camilla Vajegas in 2010. Um, so Vajegas. He played good, too. I think he uh, – like T9th, but I think he had to – and I'm not – for sure on this, but yeah, I think it's I that major, that he that major get, medical. Thank you, sponsor invite. But uh, that was, yeah, he'll he'll be fine. He's playing good golf, but uh, 
Matt Jones, he had gone 174 starts without winning. And his last win was the 2014 Houston Open. So that's good nuts. for him. Yeah. A little one point, a little over $1.2 million. Oh, for not a bad tournament. week. Not a bad week. No, that, uh, that sets him on a good foot for a while now. So good for him. But, um, and now he's exempt for all the majors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Aaron Wise, I mean, you, you thought he was running away with it. Um, and no. he had, I mean, he had a chance. And then he four putted number 10 on Sunday for triple. After that, it was just kind of, yeah, that, uh, that, yeah, that'll but... definitely, that'll definitely do the, the round in little four <laughs> whack. Yeah. Cause not only does that, Hurt your score. It also leaks in the back of your head that I just four putted. I didn't. I didn't watch it go down, but I can only imagine what it looked like. But uh, some notables: uh, Adam Scott, T thirteen. He's playing some sneaky good golf. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see how he plays in the Masters if he keeps this good play up because you know he plays well there. He likes the course, obviously. Dude, I'm pretty sure Adam Scott's back in the top twenty in the world. It wouldn't surprise me. He's been playing. I feel like he's been playing good for. Four or five months. I know he has ever since the se- the new season started. <clears throat> and then Phil T twenty five, good for him. Good for Phil, very good. He's been struggling to make some cuts, so that's good for him. And then Chase Kepka, Brooks Kepka's younger brother, I believe. T uh, thirtieth, one under. So yeah, good for Brooks's brother. Yeah, anytime a guy like that can start making some cuts, you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's really all they. I know they want to go out there and win, but they <laughs> they really just want to make cuts. Stay in it, yeah. make a check, live to play on the next week. But um, like I said, I think I guess that was a sponsor exemption with him. Do you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, helps so. when your last name's Kepka. Yeah, either helps or hurts. I would hate to have to live up to that guy. Yeah, there is that. But then also, I mean, you probably – I mean, yes, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But you probably don't get these type of opportunities if you're no, yeah, not kept for sure for sure I mean, he's definitely gotten some opportunities yeah. that stemmed from that yeah so let's uh that's pretty much all on the honda class it was a good tournament like i said i don't know if it's going to be wedged in between the players in this match play wgc next year i hope it's not for sake of a field but if it is it's just going to be a kind of a uh, normal field, you know, with maybe three or four guys in the top 20 in the world, if that, that play in it. Um, yeah, it's just like bad said, timing. It, just bad timing. Yeah, it that's is. A, that's a great golf course. It, usually, you like the winner of that tournament can play anywhere. So, I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see the field be that, you know, bad compared to the years before. But hope it's not sandwiched in, like you said, because, I mean – no one's going to want to, you know, burn out their good week on that if the WGC is the week after, and, you know, the players is right before. So, yeah, and like we we're talking about the WGC, it's just so much fun to watch. You don't really yeah. realize it until, and I think that's, I think that's why I enjoy watching college golf so much because they do a lot of this stuff, you know, magic yeah. things, and that's it's just fun. It's it's fun to watch just two guys go at it. Um, it's just I think because it's a little bit different and because it's very competitive and you're not playing the course really i mean essentially you are but you're mainly just playing against the guy you know? like a lot what he a lot what he does dictates what you're yeah. gonna do like i was telling you earlier i would definitely like to see the pga championship be turned back into match play 
because this type of week, I, I mean, I think this is the one of the best weeks on doers. This match play, it is somewhat. It's just more fun to watch. It's like the Ryder Cup. I mean, the Ryder Cup is just fun to watch. Wednesday, but nobody gets really excited about watching a Thursday round, you know, of an event, you know. Yeah. But it is fun to watch a Wednesday round of a match play because it's a match play, and also that it's in Austin, which makes it a little more fun for us to watch because we can kind of relate, you know, a little closer to home. But it's. How great of timing with March Madness going on, though. I know. It's a great time right now. The weather's getting good. It was 80 degrees yesterday. Yep. March Madness is going on. Blue pig. This is obviously the year for him because you got to think, you know, Duke wasn't in it, North Carolina, all those teams, and all about timing. So good for them. Let's get into the match play a little bit. Kind of go over some, uh, for those of you that are listening that don't know kind of how the format works or the rules work there's a little like in the match it's obviously match play so it goes by the hole so say me and carson are playing each other and we start off on number one i make bogey he makes par he's one up in the match we go to number two he makes double i make birdie i technically three pop him but it's match play so it doesn't matter so i only would win one right there and so we go to all square all square meaning that you're tied and so that's just kind of how it works and just goes hole by hole by hole and then let's say you get you know you got your four down with four to play and that means you're in dormy as they call it and so that means that you have to win that hole or you're gonna lose because you you can the best you can do is tie the match yeah other than that, there's not too much else that goes into it. Um, you can concede a hole. Let's say you, you're in the bunker laying five on a par four, and he's got it six feet below the hole for birdie. You can concede the hole, which means you all both just pick up and go to the next hole, and he wins that hole. Um, and uh, the bit, the kicker is for people that are getting into match, like, let's say you and your buddy want to go out and play nine holes match play. People have gotten stove up on this. <clears throat> Let's say that, you know, and obviously in golf, there's a gimme, like they say, inside the letter, inside the inside the putter grip. So let's say you've got it a foot from the hole and you walk up there and scoop it up without saying that it's good. He has to give you the putt in order yeah, to be able to pick there it have up. Been you pick it up and you people, would lose the hole. Yeah, there have been times where people called that. It really doesn't happen that much, but yes, you're supposed to. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's kind of cheap if you were to do you kinda, it but you would i mean you would wait just, for it you should known, wait for though. it in that circumstance yeah, yeah yeah if you walk up to your ball and he doesn't say anything you got to mark it and then yeah. you're putting it until he says it's good um but usually you'll if you're watching the tournament you'll see guys if they're walking up to their ball and it's you know a gimme they'll look at the guy and just to kind of get confirmation confirmation he'll either nod his head or pick it up or whatever but uh that that's the kind of weird side of it. I wish, uh, <clears throat> like you said, I mean, you play in these barbecue events and obviously you're not, most of them, you're not putting everything out. You know, you're picking up inside the leather and some of the, I know you wouldn't do, it would be weird to do this on the PJ tour, but uh, some of the tournaments you play in, you know, they draw the three foot circle around the hole. And if it's touching the line of that circle, then it's good. Um, and that's good for those barbecue events because it keeps pace of play rolling and there's no, there's no cheaters it's taking out cheaters you know giving people good and stuff i mean yeah it speeds up pace of play because that's just that's just the rule is you know inside the strap is good and that's about what that is yeah so anyways but as far as the match play goes that's about it as far as the common rules and stuff but um and then how does the uh i know that 
in these early matches, you can if you tie, you get a half a point. Yes. If you win, yeah. you get a point. If you lose, you obviously, you don't yeah, get it. Yeah, and then it moves on. Like you move on with the most points. Yeah. So there's 64 players in the field, and then they're all seated one to 64. And then there's a pool A, a pool B, a pool C, and a pool D. It goes 1 to 16, 17 to 32, 33 to 48, and 49 to 64. I know that the uh, obviously DJ is the, the one seed, and he's playing like the 50 seed. JT would be the two seed. I saw DeChambeau is a five seed. So all those guys are playing the higher seeds. I know uh, my boy Kisner, I'll be rooting for him. He plays well. I didn't know that they said Jason. He is the reigning. Champion. I didn't know they say that Jay, Jason Day's won this thing twice. Yeah. He's, he's always been a solid match play. Yeah. It's cool for him. Like we were talking about, it's weird to see him with a flat bill and a beard. Yeah, just um, he needs to do something. That, that ain't the mojo that he needs, I can tell you that. I don't know. Work this week. He's yeah. playing Scotty Scheffler right now, <clears throat> and Scotty is one up through 17. <clears throat> Daniel Berger, 14 seed. Beats Eric Van Roy in six and four. Kind of a I think Daniel Berger's playing so good. The past, you know, six to eight months, he has been playing good. Yeah. I'm on the Berger train. He he absolutely tore him up today. So good for him. Obviously, everybody probably knows the uh, first round slaughter from Ian Poulter to Roy McIlroy, six and five. Yeah. I could I could see that coming because it was announced yesterday that he changed coaches. He fired his lifelong swing coach. Obviously, he's probably going to still be there with him, but he hired a new instructor. Really? Yep. Who? What did they say? Who it was? Uh, yeah, for sure it was the guy who taught. Yeah, common guy. About a Pete Cowan. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, Paris English two up on Brandon Todd through fifteen. Palmer putting it to Shane Lowry. Didn't see that coming. Patrick can't lay up on Brian Harmon. Did you see Bubba. Hideki uh, throw two in the water on thirteen? <clears> he tried to drive it, I guess, and took it out too far left, and then he took a drop and <laughs> hit that one in the water and just gave it to the guy. Who was, was he three. playing? Uh, he is playing Carlos Ortiz. He is four up through thirteen. So and Dylan Hideki, Hideki's always played this really good. I almost picked Dylan Fratelli. He's a 64 seed, but he went to Texas. He's probably played this course a million times. He's four up on Tony Fino through eight holes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That, that ain't looking good for old Tony. Tony Fino, snapper Magoo. Matt Kuchar is up on Justin Thomas, five up through nine holes. Dude, Kuchar is a dog when it comes to match play. Yeah. He plays well. Don't underestimate the old 250-yard slap cut down the middle of the fairway. Wanted to talk about some some swing stuff a little bit. Kind of venture out. I know we had some uh, – got a lot of people that are listening to the pod that are just getting into the game. Low 90s to on a really, really good day, high 80s players. Um, let's just give – if you had two tips, two tips when you're playing around for a guy that's trying to, you know – Break 95, get it in that high 80s. What would it be? Two tips. You do practicing, I'll do on the golf course. Practice, I would want them. I feel like most people who don't play that solid, their alignment is wrong. So I'd want them to work on that. Just fundamentals, really. That's that's all that it comes down to on your setup. 
And that's yeah, going to so obviously bleed into, you know, on the, on the course too. For sure. Like if you're on the, if you're going out on the range, always get carry an alignment stick with you. You can go to Lowe's. I used to use a, I went to Lowe's and bought this big ruler and it was real wide and I just throw it down on my feet and it's easy to line it up to your target. If you're right-handed, you want it to be parallel left of your target. If you're left-handed, you want to be parallel right of your target. Um, in my opinion, it's always to be aimed a little more left than a little more right for, for a right-handed guy. You don't want ever want to be close to it in my in my instance because then you would yeah. – I feel like if you're close to it, then you, you, you're going to subconsciously know where the target is, and so you're going to swing to that, and then you're going to get steep and common trait for a guy that's just starting – Only, only getting steep. time I'd ever want to be close is really the driver because you want to get more turn and more depth. But is that yeah, for sure. You're saying you always – to you would want to be more open. I agree. And then, uh, like we talked about, chipping, hitting, hitting, hitting a little thirty-yard, forty-yard, and then chipping around the green—that's not a bad idea to get close to. Like we were talking about with those new techniques that these guys are trying to do, you're trying to hit little draws with chip shots, um, which which helps you uh, shallow it out a little better and make better contact. Um, so you could be close there in that instance too. But as far as general swings go, just like wedges especially wedges you know 80 yard wedges to 150 yards getting into your you know you're scoring, you're scoring. yeah you just I'd, i would i would stay a little open if anything but uh that's just general stuff that's going to make it easier for you on the course because if you can if you can always get lined up right you're headed in the right direction because i mean it doesn't matter how good your swing is if you're lined up wrong, you know, you, then you're not going to be able to make a proper swing. You're going to have to, you're gonna have to compensate somewhere in your golf swing to get it back online, and that just causes more issues. Exactly. So take care of the things that you can control is what I would say, and because obviously you're not going to be able to control some things in your swing until you get really, really good at it, but you can control your alignment. Yep. You can control your setup. So those are two good tips. Um, as far as on the course goes, <clears throat> I would say – like Carson said, take more club. Don't try to overpower it because then that's when stuff gets out of whack. If you can, all you want to do is focus on keeping the ball in between the tree line, keeping the ball in play, and trying to hit as many greens as you can. You know, getting it around the green. Give yourself mm -hmm. some par putts. Even you know, bogey putts, short bogey putts are not bad. Bogey's not a bad score, especially if you're trying to break ninety. Yeah. You know, the the goal is to stay away from the big number. What's around that? the greens. The faster you can get it on the ground, the better you are. Yeah. Do Great. not try to – I mean, there are very – there's not too many times on a golf course where you're going to need to hit it super high around the green and soft. No. So try to get it on the ground running. Sometimes put it off the green. Use a hybrid, you know, bumping runs. I mean, it just makes it so much easier. Plus your technique, you don't have to do a lot of, you know, wrist hinge or anything. So it's just a lot simpler. So that's my big tip on the golf course. For sure. And you can play that into wedges too. I mean, if you've yeah. got, if you've got a 60, 70 yard wedge, don't take your, I mean, especially even back to 80 yards, don't take your lob wedge and try to hit this high soft shot, you know, according to what it looks like, you know, around the greens, assuming that it's pretty wide open and you've got some green to work with. There's always going to be times where, you know, yeah. greens, if pins just over bunker, you're going to have to bring it in a little higher, but for the most part, you can, you can bring it in pretty low. So club up a little bit, take, take a 50 or, even take a pitching wedge. I, I like to hit them with 54s, those 60, 70, 80, 90-yard shots, put in the back of my stance and just flat it in there low because, like, same thing with around the greens. The less time the ball is in the air, the less time there is for error, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. 
I think if you can keep it if you can keep it lower and let it get on the ground quick, yep. it's just going to be beneficial for you more. So it's just stuff like that, little stuff, stuff you can control. Like you said, your swing is 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 obviously the big thing to tackle, but that's a that's a process that's going to take a long time, and you still need to be working on it. But take care of the things that you have control over first. I think it's true. What are you working on as far as swing goes right now? Work on my takeaway. I'm trying to shorten my takeaway one piece for, you know, the first I've, I've been doing it too long. And I think that's been getting the club face shut and, you know, just in a weird position. So I'm working on just getting it to about 12 inches out and then rotating my forearm and, you know, setting the club. Yeah. Because uh, I've, been struggling with setting the club and then after i get the club set i just try to release as hard as i can to the right that is what i'm working on that rotation of the forearm is so it's so complicated because a common fault for a guy that's just getting yeah getting sucked in his his golf swing is that he takes the club dead inside and usually that happens by rotating your forearm, you know, and, but which Mm -hmm. is a, is a proper move, but for people that aren't too educated on the swing, they, they wanted to get the swing as flat as possible. I was, I was the same way when I first started playing, I was like, well, if I get the swing as flat as possible in the backswing, then it'll be on plane in the downswing, which is kind of true to an extent, but all it did was for me, yank the club dead inside. And then I got way too flat and I couldn't shallow it even more than I was, or I would hit my right hip bone. So yeah, the thing is, is keeping the head outside of the hands, but then rotating your forearm, which would be my left forearm, your right forearm mm-hmm. at the right moment. Really? I mine's think that's been, the tricky part is doing it at the right time. Mine's been rotating when I set the club. So I really haven't been worried about the feeling of rotation in the forearm, but I know it is because I can feel it in the set. Thing as in wrist hinge? Yes. Not really hinging it up. I can just feel it just i don't know i guess Lock i was gripping it too firm yeah and i can just feel it get into a, a position where it's you know just set and i can load it from there and move on i got you and it <clears throat> kind of what we're stemming back to because i went and obviously went and saw jeff three days ago and what was good is that you know he filmed like you know he films carson's been going to him since he was little he films and face on he feels at a 45 degree angle and then he films down the line, and then he films on the rear view. And the first thing he said was the setup looks great, which is the first time he's ever said that, because every time I go down there, I feel like my setup is all jacked up. So that's good, because I've kind of made that, just ingrained that into my head. And I don't have to think about that anymore. Like, obviously, you want to stay conscious of it, but the fact that the setup is good means that that's just one last thing I have to worry about now, and that's kind of what we're going back to, these guys that are just starting to play. If you can get your setup ingrained where you know that that's right then you can start really focusing on other things because used to i had four swing thoughts going on but then i had to get set up properly i'd make sure i was turning deep all these things and so as you just keep practicing and keep practicing that those swing thoughts slowly go away because you know you've got them muscle memory Mm -hmm. and so with me it was just getting a deep turn um i wasn't doing it i wasn't doing it with my shoulders i'm getting full i'm getting a good turn my hips but my shoulders are stopping so if you think about like a like you do a good job of turning um you've always done a good job and that's why you hit a driver so well in my opinion it's because you turn so deep 
and you're able to get that depth <clears throat> and get it on plane well, and you hit extremely up on it, which is good. You just don't spin the ball at all. Um, but if you think about, so if you imagine this, if you're think, if you're looking at a golf swing, if I'm, if you're looking at me face on and you're video on me or whatever, and then you imagine a, like a protractor. And so obviously it has those degrees on it. So zero to 180 degrees would be my target line. If I were to draw, if I were to put alignment rod down my target line, that would be zero to 180 degrees on that protractor. And I'm standing, my chest would be dead at 90 degrees and so when you turn when i turn i want to make a full 90 degree turn right yeah and some people even take it further than that like i'm sure when you're turning you you might even go past 90 to like 95 which is not bad i mean a lot of guys on tour do it but what you don't how much your body can rotate exactly but what you don't want to do is turn over rotate or turn less i mean what i was doing is turning like 75 80 degrees which is not good because subconsciously i was wanting to complete my backswing but i was only doing that with a runoff with my arms to get the club parallel so i was having two really bad problems and therefore i couldn't get any depth and i had to really really shallow it out in order to hit it good and so now (laughs) i'm working on making a full turn to where if you're looking at me face on you can see my my right shoulder right on my left shoulder so that you can, I'm making a full turn. And it's, it's hard because now the problem is, is my shoulders are making a full turn, but those arms are still wanting to go deep, you know, because I was trying to compensate before. And so now I'm having to shorten my arms with my shoulders. And all it is, is when your shoulders stop, your arms stop. And that's how he says it. And I know it sounds simple, but it's a lot more difficult yeah. than that. But it's just part of it. It's always going to be something, and it's never. It always seems like, oh, that'll be an easy fix, but it's never as easy as it seems. No, no, because you've be, you've ingrained such a bad habit. You're trying to get out of that bad habit, plus ingrain a new habit. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more going into it, and then it meets the eye. That's that's the beauty of it, though. Yep, that's what brings you back the next day, and the day after, and so on. Yeah, but it's 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 also a good feeling, though. Cause there's nothing worse than not hitting it good and being lost and have no idea why it's also a good yeah. feeling when you do figure out, okay, I know what I'm doing wrong and I know what I got to do to fix it. I just got to go grind and do it. Yeah. You know? So it's fun and it's a good time to be doing it spring right before all the tournaments start. So I can get it panned out before the summer. But, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's really all I'm working on right now. And then obviously, obviously I'm working on everything, but as far as the, the, this is, and I've had a lot of questions on this, especially working with guys that are kind of just getting started out because big uh, turn is obviously a huge part. I mean, Gankus, I know he teaches some different stuff, but he's huge on making a full turn. And it is, I mean, it's, it's very important. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's underlooked a little bit, you know, people are so worried about the plane of the swing, but there's only one way to get there is by making a full turn. If you don't make a full turn, yeah, you, you can't ever turn, get there. If you don't turn back, I mean, what do you, I mean, you, you can't, get through the ball you can't rotate through it so you have to be able to rotate back to get through because when i was rotating i was turning when i was turning and then my turn would stop and the only way your hands can go when your turn stops is straight up and so i was getting real vertical kind of like jt was but i wasn't mm-hmm. doing as good of a job of shallowing it out like he does and he doesn't shallow it out crazy but he does it just enough yeah. it works he kind of poses wrist and holds on and shallows it and it works for him didn't work for him today but but um it's fun stuff <laughs> he had us <laughs> i didn't tell you this so it was me it was we had a crew out there the other day but 
there was a guy from uh, from Dallas, and he's a good player. He's probably in his forties, and he uh, he was kind of having the same problem. He he had a lot of he wasn't his big problem was he wasn't posting up around his, his right handed golfer. He wasn't posting up around his left leg. He had it real flexed, and so therefore he was kind of bounding and jumping at it. It was really weird looking. But I'm glad that's not my problem because that I feel like would be so hard to fix. You know, having oh, a flexed yeah. having a flexed lead leg and not being able to post up around it and probably he probably he dips never, down right after yeah, it. Oh yeah. yeah. That, he I feel never, like that would just tear at your knee. Oh. He never straightens it. And uh That's not yeah, that would be hard to you have to brace it. Oof. Yeah. But uh that was his big problem. But another problem was he wasn't getting a full turn either. And so me and him were in the office at the same time, and he was talking to both of us about it. And he's like, all right. He's like, so I got this steel pipe. He's like, I got this steel pipe in the back, and it's it's like a 10-pound pipe, and it's got a 5-pound weight on the end of it. And he said, I'm going to get both of you to go out there and grip it and take a slow swing, start it set up, and take it back real slow and make – because, you know, it's going to force you to turn because you've got 15 pounds of weight. Yeah you know, back taken back there. And this thing was freaking heavy. And so sure enough, we were the guy, the other guy went first and he was like putting lead tape on the club head. You know, you can feel the head a little better you can feel that five pound weight on the end of that. Yeah, you can. But it's a good drill. And then he brought out a broom and he was doing some stuff with that. And he's like, he's like, yeah, back when I was playing, I'd carry around a broom in my bag. Everybody make fun of me, but I didn't care. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not putting, I'm not putting a broom in my bag. Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in one of my lessons, he told me to, you know, to do the broom where you cut it off and you uh, put sand in it where it's real heavy. And he was like, yeah, you should keep this much. Like the exact same story. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Somewhere in that video, and he's like, because my dad's with me, I'm young, and he's like, yep. And then you can get old Carson to just start sweeping the floor for you, John. Just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Like, yeah. Oh, you gotta love him. It's good stuff. But, oh, yeah. Uh, covered the Honda. Covered a little bit of the WGC. Who uh, who did you pick this week? I got Kisner. I had to go with my you boy Kisner. Kis. And I don't think – I think he's down in his match right now. Who did oh, you bro, pick? I picked I pick Bryson. Uh, just because – I mean, my reason is is it's match play. It doesn't matter if you make triple bogeys. He's just going to wail on it. So I like his chances even though he's down. No, he's, he's one, yeah, he's he's one down. He's one down he's, to Antonio to a guy that doesn't even have a picture in his profile. <laughs> it's just a great Antony. I'm assuming it's Antony Rosner. Rosner. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't even have a picture. Yep, he's getting beat by him. So, but yeah, that's who I picked. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move into our next segment: the rapid fire questions. Three rapid fire questions. Last week. As y'all had seen, our questions took up most of the podcast, which they're supposed to be rapid fire. So this week, three quick questions will alternate. So I'll start first. Easy question, simple. How do you mark your ball? First of all, well, it'll be a two-part question, sorry. What balls do you play and how do you mark them? All right. I play Tideless Pro V1Xs. They have to be the number two, and I mark it on both sides with our uh, – logo barbie like you know our, our ranch logo oh yeah and then i do a line just one long black line cool what All about right. you me is that my question uh no okay yeah just i'll answer i mean i i played taylor made tp5s not the x's the fives i don't care what number they are but i draw a uh i don't line 
I like to have a line, but I don't like to line the ball up. I like to do it parallel to the putter face. So I draw two lines through the tailor-made sign and then line the TP5 uh, dash that goes by. I line that up parallel to my putter face on my target line. And then when I hit it, the lines roll end over end. Well, kind of works. So that's just kind of how I do it. That'll, I guess that'll be my question then. And then your next question is, what is your favorite brand of golf shoes? Ooh, uh, I'm split in between. I mean, my, my go-to is always the old New Balances, but mm-hmm. they finally came to aware. But now I'm, I'm really on the, uh, the Dry Joy and just Foot Joy. Yeah. I love my Dry Joys. Same, same thing. All right. Shoot. All right, on tour, whose game do you admire the most? Hmm, I'm gonna go with Morikawa. I talk I, Morikawa, I yeah, his iron play. Yes, I like I like that he prefers to work. He gets by working it left to right, and you know he can obviously work it right to left, but he loves to hit the ball left to right to play yeah. cuts, and and he makes it work too. And obviously, I just I love his tempo in his golf swing and if he the only thing i don't like about it is he doesn't particularly putt it very well you know relative to the rest of his game but he's he's i mean it's still working and he's getting better yeah. at it but i just i love the way he swings it so i definitely say more call i like that one i like that one all right um i got one last one for you what okay. would be your pet peeve with group players on the golf course like in the group players that you're playing with what is your pet peeve something for the viewers and the listeners to not do to stay conscious of don't talk when i'm uh, hitting a shot yeah that's about it you can do anything i don't care if you stand near me i don't care if you talk beforehand but once i get over it just just don't say anything mine would be uh i would be i don't i it, nothing really bothers me as far i mean obviously when i'm taking it back i don't want anybody saying anything but like and I, around the greens i'm not too anal but People standing, obviously, don't move when we're putting. That's a big one. But people standing in my line of it. Like, if you're off to the right or behind me to the left, that's fine. But don't be directly in front of someone, like on the other side of the hole, and don't be directly behind someone. That's just a big one. That's just kind of a known one that yeah. some, people don't know, some people don't know, though, you know. And yeah. I, I, I see when I play people with people that are just getting into the game, they never know that one. And it's not, it's not something like I'm never going to say anything if I'm playing with guys that are just getting into the game, unless I'm real close with them. Like, Hey, I don't care today. We're just having fun. But you know, in future, if you're playing with somebody, you know, this might bother them, but yeah, that's a big one for me. Cause it does bother me a little bit, you know, especially when we're playing, um, you know, some serious golf, but if we're in that scenario, yeah. nobody does it cause everybody knows, yeah. but yeah, that's my three for you. Do you have another one? I got two. Okay, fire away. What was your favorite golf course we played during a high school golf tournament? Okay. I would say the best golf course was Onion Creek in Austin where we played state. They were under reconstruction when we played it, and we had to kind yeah. of skip around. But it was, I mean, it was pure. And that was, you know, we didn't play a small Carthage. We didn't play too many courses like that. Um, but that was that was fun to play that course. It was a good challenge, too. But Obviously, my favorite would be Wood Hollow. First, I mean, we played like you said. <laughs> we played ninety percent of our tournaments there. It was really easy, you know. It just we had so many memories there. We played district there, and 
It was the first tournament of the year, first tournament I ever played in competitively. <laughs> and then three, the, the three after that one, Spring Hill Classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think that was our first team win. <laughs> yeah, um, but it that was, that was a fun track. A lot of memories there. So that that would definitely be my favorite. Uh, Mine were Onion Creek and Wolf Dancer. Yeah, what uh, y'all went to Wolf Dancer your freshman year? Yeah. It was ridiculous, but it was amazing, too. All right, last question. What are the four majors of the barbecue tour in your eyes? This one, uh, this one came from AC, a fellow Pods Golf member. Um, yeah, this is a good one. Um, I'm not going to go in-depth which majors, which tournament would be, but um, I would definitely say – Obviously, the ETO, East Texas Open at Center Country Club. It used to be a individual event. Um, now it's a two-man event. Um, hopefully, it can work its way back to an individual. But either way, it's still the ETO, and it's that's still right. a great tournament. Um, that's definitely number one in my eyes. And then um, the Outlaw at Crown Colony yep. in Lufkin, Texas. That's a huge tournament. Um, always has a good turnout. Great course. It's a tough course. Greens are always really good. That one's definitely up there. Um, and then the Summer Invitational at um, Canton at Van Zant is a good one. That uh, that's always a fun tournament, and I love playing that course. I don't know. I always play well at that course. We played regionals there um, in high school, my senior year, and it's just a good. The wind always blows so much, but it's 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 a good track, um, and it can be challenging, but. That's a good course. We uh, there's a lot of guys that are members there that come out to center and play. So we've got a pretty good group of friends, and they they're the ones that run that tournament. And then obviously the last one. This isn't in East Texas, but it's I mean it's 45 minutes from center. Uh, is the Mansfield the uh, two man low ball that me and AC won last or two years ago? That's yes, gotta those, be up there. those are that's all. That's turning in. That's turning into quite the event. It's just a ranch course, nine hole track, but the for whatever reason, it's just it's a great tournament. Uh, it's dicey, and the Calcutta is getting up there. I mean, it's getting close to hundred thousand dollars, which is crazy for a course like that. But it's a fun tournament, and it's like the AC said something the other night. It's like the tour championship because it's at the very end of the summer, and it's just our last one, the last two raw. So it's the yeah. one you want to peek at. That's for sure. For yeah, the you want to be you want to be firing at all cylinders. Yep. But that's it. Those are my four. So four majors of East Texas. Those are the exact same. I really thought you were going to put Conroe in there. Well, it definitely would be, but it's 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 just not the Carthage Longview yeah. area. You know, where you're gonna know. We don't know any of the guys except for the guys we've just met up there. Yeah, out of Conroe, but it's a good. I mean, it's a good tournament too. Let's wrap this one up. The second podcast. I uh, appreciate everybody that that was listening. Last week was a good start for us. Um, <clears throat> to kind of get our feet wet. We had a little glitches as the, the y'all that listened to y'all probably heard a little editing glitches that kind of messed up when we were uploading. We'll try to get those panned out for this this one we just recorded. But uh, we're gonna try. Like I said. We didn't realize that the tournament, the WGC started today. Um, we're going to try to get these, start getting these out earlier in the week, but it takes some time around both of our schedules. But um, if all goes according to plan, we'll, we'll be back next Tuesday is when we're going to try to put it out. Yep. Podscast episode two. 
is done. We'll see you all next week. Also wanted to give a shout out to our boy Tyler Abney and his partner for winning their flight in the Woodland Hills Golf Classic this weekend in Nacogdoches, Texas. Good playing, guys. Keep it going.